Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 706 and uh, incredibly well-known Canadian coming to St. Albert for a speaker series um, next uh, next weekend, July 10th. He will be speaking at the Arden Theatre uh, on behalf of the Calliope Law Concert and Speaker Series. It's an evening with General Romeo Dallaire. Of course, Dallaire uh, celebrated, as I mentioned, a human rights advocate, uh, an author, public speaker, leadership consultant, international advisor, former Canadian senator, longtime soldier in the Canadian military, um, is serving most notably as force commander of the United Nations Assistance Mission for Rwanda during the 1994 genocide, which has led to where he uh, tends to spend a lot of time in his focus now and, and, and where he wants to see change happen. Absolute uh, horrible thing to live through for the people who are there, but even the people who are trying to help and found in many ways they were unable or not allowed to help as they wished. General Dallaire is joining us uh, this morning. Sir, how are you? And thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm better now. I'm just on the, the last the days, I hope, of uh, a COVID attack that was quite quite brutal. It's my second attack after six six uh, injections, uh, and uh, but I, I'm, I'm picking up uh, reasonably well. Thank you. Good. Oh, good. Glad to hear it, because you're going to be here <laughs> on uh, July the 10th, so you've got another yeah. six days to, to heal up a little bit. Uh, I think... I think Canadians are, are familiar uh, with your history, with your background. Can you explain why you have such a focus in right now on children? We talk about the, the genocide in Rwanda. You've talked about that before. These days, you're the founder of the Dallaire Institute for Children, Peace, Security. Uh, why, why the focus on the children specifically? I think I probably know the answer, but I'd like to hear yours. It came from, uh, it generated from the actual genocide where um, the youth uh, were indoctrinated into a militia that ultimately are the ones who conducted most of the killing with the machetes. Uh, and I'm talking about, you know, 14, 15, 16, 18 year olds. Um, uh, and um, I only picked up on that after analyzing who the forces were, um, uh, you know, facing each other, and then uh, did research at at, uh, at Harvard for a year on the use of children in conflict that had exploded um, with the end of the, the Cold Warish uh, time frame. And where adults were using children as their primary mobilization base, as the sustainment of their wars, but not necessarily winning them. And so they were recruiting them left, right, and center in, in terrorist organizations, in non-state actors, and in militaries. And so um, it, it became essential, in my opinion, to work at eradicating the use of children as instruments of war, let alone the protection of children in conflict, uh, from being recruited and also from the horrors of conflict, and, and ultimately getting that uh, side of the house, that is to say the use of children as, as even weapons uh, of war, out of the minds of people that could uh, want to uh, use force ultimately 
um, uh, to, for their causes. And we've seen in, in Ukraine and in, and in Russia that they're using kids. So, I mean, we've got a long way to go yet. General Dallaire, um, you've been open about your your battle about post-traumatic stress, um, you know, back in 1997, saying a direct direct result of your mission in Rwanda. And of course, um, in the Canadian Armed Forces over the past number of years, there have been great strides made to to talk more about PTSD and operational stress injuries for, for our serving members, for our veterans, but also families as well. Are we making ground on that front, sir? Do you believe that the change that is needed is happening to to help our serving members, our veterans and their families? I think that we've, we've nearly revolutionized the scenario and, uh, from a, a very Darwinian visual-based organization that uh, the military can be and absolutely intolerant of things they can't see, like uh, um, uh, stress injuries and, and the like. Uh, we have uh, attacked and, and succeeded in, in reducing stigma, uh, reducing the impact of, of uh, that injury uh, on careers, that is to say, providing them with whole new uh, not only assistance, but also of reintegrating into the workforce and being able to continue to work, you know, with uh, with yeah, uh, medication in some cases, with therapy, and with peer support. And I think that's where the, the revolution really hit uh, the ground was, is that peer support became a dominant factor in making people feel that it was an honorable injury that they had suffered and that their peers were willing to help them and to get away from the fear of communicating with people who might be injured psychologically. On the contrary, wanting to support them and keep them and not leaving them behind. And so that was creating formal institutions, uh, the Veterans Charter that was created uh, and I, I was able to pass that through when I was uh, chairing it in the Senate in 2005 with modifications that are required. So, uh, but what we have now is a solid base uh, of belief that these are honorable injuries, they're not sicknesses, and that it can happen to anybody who's in uh, situations of conflict or stress uh, to the extreme. But then, uh, interesting enough, Ralph Goodall, who was Minister of Public Safety, picked up on this to not only bring in the, the RCMP, mm-hmm. but all of the uh, sort of the uh, uh, guards of prison guards, uh, the uh, the border guards, uh, and and uh, thought that the first responders uh had to be looked at because we were taking a lot of casualties there walking wounded and so not only did we create our own research capability to improve what we're doing and prevent uh the extent of this injury in the future like we do with physical injuries for the military but uh, we created um through wounded warriors of which i'm the patron with a research center in Regina, University of Regina, for all first responders. And so we, we actually brought a revolution in the thinking, the action, and the availability uh, of new, good, 
solid commitment by leadership, by institutions, and by the professionals into going after this honorable injury that people suffer from. We're talking this morning with uh, retired Lieutenant General Romeo Dallaire speaking uh, in St. Albert next week on July the 10th. Uh, sir, can you hang on the line for a little bit? We want to take a quick break because uh, there's much more we want to chat with you about. Can you hold on? No problem. Okay, you bet. And we'll have more with uh, Romeo Dallaire right after this. Door service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of this morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. And good to have you here, seven seventeen on the all new this morning with Jalen and Daryl and our guest uh, this morning, retired Lieutenant General Romeo Dallaire, who will be speaking in mm-hmm. St. Albert on July the tenth on a number of topics. Uh, thank you for staying through the uh, the break mm-hmm. with us, sir. I appreciate it. You know, when you go through and you talk about. Uh, children being used in violence, of violence mm-hmm. against children, any number of, 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 of some horrific actions. What is the appetite for people to listen to you these days? This is hard stuff, and there's so many times you see people uh, that just don't want to face the realities of what can be going on. What do you think the appetite is to hear your message? There was quite a strong pull for uh, engagement in uh, trying to stop the use of children in conflict. Um, when the Cold War ended and then when we moved through the 90s into the, the new millennium, because there were so many countries that were imploding and we had so many failing states uh, and so many UN missions that were ongoing at the time, we could see it and it was being reported. And so people saw that the adults in many of these countries, both military or non-state actors, uh, were using children. And then you've got, of course, the 9-11 and, and uh, the ISIS and the recruitment of children in those extremist terrorist groups and that that swelled the interest in it. So it was people were were quite keen on on giving us support and helping us build the capacity to retrain the military, retrain the police, prevent uh, in communities, prevent recruiting of children, and and change the tactics and so on, uh, which we did in Africa mostly, and now we're we're actually into. Latin America, based out of Uruguay, and, and in, in Africa, we're based out of Kigali, Rwanda, which is doing it for all of Africa, and now we're going to take on all of Latin America and the Caribbean. But then it, it seems to have ebbed over the last years because um, you don't get that same exposure of the children being in the forefront. However, um, the interest is, is uh, still there because we see that children are being used at home, here, in youth gangs, in diaspora gangs, uh, Aboriginal children being used uh, in conflicts, in frictions with the police, with the communities, and so on. And so we moved to training also the police, uh, in not only military, but police forces uh, overseas, but then uh, started to help train and, and advise uh, police forces here in, in North America, particularly in Canada, 
Uh, and Edmonton was one of the places where we actually conducted trials with the um, uh, Edmonton police, with Toronto also, and Montreal. So it's it's um, people are much more self-interest based than before, although they're realizing that, wait a minute, there's a lot of things going on around the world that seem to be, you know, catching us off guard from COVID to uh, uh, the climate, the, the climate, of course, but also uh, the return nearly to the Cold War that we, we're seeing in, in Europe. And so there's a resurgence uh, of interest in things of conflict, uh, and uh, children all of a sudden are being uh, sort of identified again as being players in that, not only victims, but players. And, and as such, I think that we're on, on the cusp of a, a realignment of people again to the protection of children. General, I'm curious to know your thoughts on 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 the state of uh, the of the Canadian uh, military. I mean, you served mm-hmm. for for many many years. Um, I, I think that there's a, a lot of Canadians that feel pretty comfortable, pretty pretty stable uh, in in where we live. But we know that there's a lot of challenges facing the Canadian military right now: recruitment, ret- retention, not hitting that two percent GDP, and what mm-hmm. seems to be Maybe by by some a lack of willingness to, um, to to build that back up and have a have a stronger have a stronger presence. What are your thoughts on on where we are right now um, when it comes to the Canadian Armed Forces? Let me let me start from outside the borders coming in. I think that with the uh, the end of the peace dividend that we got from the end of the Cold War, which lasted for 30 years, uh, now with Russia having invaded uh, uh, Ukraine and and the engagement there, we're seeing um, uh, a rearming uh, of Europe, which is taking people's focus away from uh, development work and from trying to assist nations that are fragile in in other parts of of the world. That, That in itself is a concern because rearming Europe means rearming NATO, which means, yeah, uh, the Canadians have got to uh, be part of that exercise as we perceive uh, that the belligerent uh, possibilities in Europe has increased. And so there's another level of readiness that's got to be brought into uh, our pure military capability. Second uh, to that, as we, we, we come across the pond and, and all of a sudden look north, is the vulnerability of, of the Arctic mm. uh, to uh, all kinds of players wanting to, to uh, engage in using the Arctic for resources and, and transportation and, and so on, including the Chinese. And that has mm-hmm. thrown people off also by all of a sudden this interest uh, from the Chinese in this, in this endeavor. So there's a need uh, to take another look at that. And in the, interestingly, in the uh, 87 white paper, which I was involved with, uh, we had planned to build a base uh, in the north. 
and keep uh, a number of uh, several hundred, nearly a thousand troops up there uh, in uh, gaining experience, assisting, uh, assistance to civil power, and, and so on. We even had the idea of nuclear-powered submarines in, in that white paper. But uh, that all got dropped. But now, all of a sudden, it is it is a, an arena that's got to be looked at more than simply from the air. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the navigation side and what that might cause to Canada uh, in regards to players that maybe should yeah. be going through there uh, and using the resources. Of us still debating whether it's our sovereign mm. state. Sir, uh, we, we just, I'm sorry, I apologize, sir. We're just, we're running out of time. There's so much that we could talk to you about. Thank goodness you're coming to town on July the 10th and we can hear more from you. Yes, and, and, and not to forget climate. So, uh, I mean, uh, I hope to have a wonderful interaction with, with uh, Edmonton. And now that it's a big military base there, I think it's a great garrison town to go and visit and to speak to the population there. Uh, we'll be thrilled to have you here. General Dallaire, thank you so much for making time for us this morning. All right. Look forward to seeing you, hopefully. Take care. Bye-bye now. So it's the Caliot Law Concert and Speaker Series and Evening with General Romeo Dallaire at the Arden Theatre in St. Albert, July 10th. Uh, could have talked to him for mm-hmm. an hour yes. easily. Not a problem. We do have a pair of tickets to give away. Caller number 2 780 if you want to go to that show.